Well, good morning, Gate Church. Is it well with you today? Hallelujah. My Lord. So I'm standing here today, and I know most of you are used to seeing me up here, but this is definitely a different capacity. And so I'm asking for your prayers. You know, I'm going to let you know. Uh, I'm asking for your prayers today as we receive the word of the Lord. It's my privilege and honor to stand before you today. What a wonderful congregation. I've been here for eight years, and this is my first time on the platform. And so there is no place else that I would rather be to have this experience than at the Gate Church today. I won't be long, I promise you. We have a rule here that the services have to end on the same day they started. So I promise you I won't be long, but I do believe we have a word from the Lord today. I'm definitely grateful for the opportunity. Pastor Jordan and Holly, if you guys are tuning in today, thank you so much for allowing me to stand in your place and in this platform today to deliver the message and the word of the Lord. Uh, so let's just take a moment to give it up for our pastors. Can we do that? We miss you. We are praying for you. We're excited for everything that you're about to do when you get back here to lead us into the season of the fall. Worship team, what can we say about gate worship? Oh, man. Every single week, you guys consistently lead us into the presence of the Lord. I told them backstage today, I was like, I wouldn't be mad or upset if, you know, y'all just let the worship time keep going today so I don't have to get up here and do this. But the Lord had other plans in store for us today. He had other plans in store to all of our zone pastors, leaders, uh, all of our host teams, everybody that serves in any capacity in this church today to help make our worship experience possible. I just want to say thank you, thank you, and thank you. Matt, can I get some more of the monitors up here, please, on stage? I just want to say thank you guys today. Let's give it up for our serve teams. All right, I got one more person to acknowledge, and she's a very special lady. No, it's not my fiance, it's my mother. Yeah. yeah, you deserve all of that. If you guys are blessed, oh wow, wow, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, wow. Y'all gonna make me cry, make me emotional, but if you are blessed by the person that, that stands before you today, it's a product of a praying woman and a praying mother. Parents, don't neglect to raise your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord because I'm standing here today because of the prayers and the consistency of a faithful mother. And so she's been here. She's visiting from the Bahamas. She's been here the past uh, two months. And I think I have a mom major in my house. That's what I call it. She's, she's not a teenager. She's my mom. You know, she goes out, and I got to text her and find out when she's coming home. She spends the weekend out. And I'm just like, my, the roles have reversed. They've completely reversed to where I'm just like, what are you doing? Where are you going? You got to tell me what time you're going to be, who you're going to be with, what you're going to do. And so she's just living her best life. She recently retired. And, um, you know, I, I'm just grateful that we can enjoy life together at this stage. We can enjoy life together at this stage. But all right, let's do it. Let's acknowledge, let's uh, jump into the word of the Lord today. Uh, today's topic, we'll study from a familiar passage from 1 Kings 17. And the story, most of you in this room might be familiar with it. Uh, it talks about Elijah and the widow of Zarephath. So for us to understand the historical context of what's happening, Israel at that time had become, you can keep playing, Sarah, full of wickedness, and they turned away from God. They had started to worship their enemies' gods, specifically Baal. And so during that time, Jezebel and King Ahab, God was 
telling Elijah that he needed to go and to deliver a word to tell them that until he said so, there would be no rain in the land. Jezebel at the time, she was killing prophets, and Elijah, he had a hit on his life. So God had asked him to do an incredibly difficult thing at the time that he was living. And so Jezebel believed the false god Baal to be the god of abundance and fertility. They believed that Baal was responsible for dew and rain, but God had another plan. My God. Israel's turning to these false gods was the catalyst for the events that happened in 1 Kings 17. The Bible declares in Deuteronomy 28 and 12, the Lord will open to you, he's talking to Israel, to his good treasure, the heavens, and will give you the rain to your land in its season. And to bless all the work of your hand, you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. This was God's promise to Israel, which was in direct violation of the law. And as a result, God caused a drought, which led to the famine. In biblical times, a nation's economic power and survival depended on rain because the rain yielded crops. If there was no rain, the ground would not yield any sustenance. Famine in these times meant people and all living things were dying of starvation. They were dying of pestilence and disease. But what I love about God is that in times whenever it's darkest, he was setting the stage for an opportunity. Right? The opportunity was repentance and change. Somebody say repentance and change. Hallelujah. It was an ending to the false god Baal, but it was a beginning to the prospect of a new future through faith, through obedience, and through trust. And this is where our story picks up today. We're going to talk from the subject, a widow and a wonder. Hallelujah. Will you just stand with me today as we read the word of the Lord, as is our custom here at the Gate Church? 1 Kings 17, we'll begin at verse 8. I think it'll be on the screens behind me. When you have it, say amen. Say, I got it. All right, you got it? Let's read together. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. Somebody say, Swift obedience my God. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. Verse 11. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar, and see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself, my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear and go, do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me, and afterward make some for yourself and for your son. For thus the Lord God of Israel, for thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends the rain on the earth. Verse 15, so when she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he and her household ate for many days. Verse 16, final verse, the bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by the prophet Elijah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you today. I submit my heart to you. I submit my thoughts and 
my notes, everything, all of the preparation that's been leading to this moment, I, lead, I, I give it to you and place it in your hands today. I declare that I'm just a vessel standing in this platform to deliver a message to your people. So touch them exactly where they are. Father, I yield to your will today. Think with my mind. Speak with my tongue. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Put me on like a coat and wear me. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus that your people may be edified and that your name will be glorified in this place. If you believe that, somebody shout amen. All right, on your way down to your seat, just give three people a high five and say a widow and a wonder. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Gate Church, I believe it's my assignment today to build the faith of the people of God. As I was preparing for this opportunity this morning, God, I asked him, I said, what do you want me to say to your people? And he said, I want you to give them a message that will build their faith. I was sharing with uh, Pastor Cole and some of our pastors this morning that I saw what looked like a balloon as I was praying about this opportunity. And I saw what looked like a balloon that was just filled with water hanging over the Gate Church. That balloon that I saw was full of God's promises and his blessings and everything that had been spoken over you, every prophetic word, every, every prophetic word over the years. God said that the time is coming and it's now where he is about to release everything that he has spoken and everything that he has promised to you in this next season. And what I heard God say was that you've got to prepare my people and you have to build their faith because faith is required to walk into what I have for them next. And so this morning, I told you I won't be long. So this morning, my first point is swift obedience. How do we build our faith? We have to exercise our faith. And that means we've got to use swift obedience. When God says to do something, we've got to do it. All right. So we must learn to obey God without delay, just as Elijah did when he, command, when he was commanded to go to Zarephath. For us to walk into what God has prepared for us, we've got to exercise swift obedience to receive the blessing. Somebody say swift obedience. We have to learn as a church and as a people to move at God's pace and at his instruction. So when I grew up, I grew up in a house with disciplinarians. I told you I'm the last son of three boys. My mom and grandmother raised us. So I grew up in a house with a God-fearing mother and an even more God-fearing grandmother. She was actually kind of scary. I don't know if anybody... I don't know if anybody else has experienced parents like that, but my grandmother, she was kind of scary. She would always tell us, like, Saturday mornings, we had an incredible routine. We had to get up at 6 a.m. To this day, I'm still an early riser because of the seeds that were sown. So she would get up, and she would knock on the door, and she would say, hey, it's time to get up, time to move, time to work, time to clean up, time to do whatever you got to do on a Saturday. You're not going to be idle in my house. You're going to do what you have to do. We called her Ma. She went to be home with the Lord in uh 2014, but the principles that she instilled in us as children are still alive in me today. She would say, uh, speak when you're spoken to. She would say, come when you're called. She would say, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And those are the kinds of lessons that I grew up with in my spirit. And so if she told me to do something, I had to do it, and I had to do it right then. It was called swift obedience. Parents, don't neglect. Is there anybody in the room? Did you have parents like that? I know we got a different generation now, but, you know, like when I was coming up, that's what we had to do. That's what we had to do. So parents, if you're listening to me in the room, teach your children obedience the first time. 
Teach them to move at the sound of your voice because it helps us as we develop as individuals and as uh, grown adults. It helps children to discern the voice of God. It helps us to discern the voice of God. He says, do what I say do and do it when I say do it because delayed obedience is still disobedience, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. The Bible is filled with passages on obedience. It's found over 114 times. So why is it so important, important to God? Obedience is the avenue. Somebody write this down if you're taking notes. Obedience is the avenue that God uses to bless us. Psalms 128, 1 through 2 says, Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. You will eat the fruit of your labor, and the blessing and prosperity will be yours. I've got pets. Are there any other pet owners in the room? Right? Okay, so this is a relatable story. If you've got pets, what are the first thing you do? Once you get that new brand spanking new puppy, you take him or her to PetSmart, and you say, I'm going to put him in a six-week obedient course. <laughs> Like, I don't want you to get up on the furniture. I don't want you to, to go potty in the house. I don't want you to do any of that. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take you through an obedience course. Can I submit to you today that God wants us to have that kind of obedience in our lives? That when he says to sit, we sit. That when he tells us to go, we go. That when he tells us to move, we do it. And we do it without hesitation and without delay. Because here's the thing, for your pet, when you bring them a treat, they're quick to obey because they know on the other side of your hand is a blessing. So your blessing is wrapped up in the obedience. When you sit, you get a treat. And I submit the same thing to you today, that when we follow the voice of the Lord, even in seasons where we feel like we don't understand what he's doing, when we feel like we don't understand what he is saying, when we obey, he has already gone before us and he has already made the way. He has already gone before us, and he has already made the way. So I asked God, I said, why, why are we reluctant, Father, in, in obeying you? Why, why, why do we hesitate? And he said, it's because we are afraid. So that's what we're going to talk to today. He said, it's, be, it's because we are afraid. We're afraid of being let down. We're afraid of being embarrassed. And for some of us in this room, the way we relate to God is how we've related to other people. So we have parents who may have let us down. We've got loved ones who may have let us down. And so on the back end, we believe that God will do the same thing. But I've come to declare to you today that he is not a man, that he should lie, nor is he the son of man, that he should repent. So every word that he has promised, everything that he has spoken, we can take that to the bank because he, if he said it, he'll do it. He is going to do it. Do I have any witnesses in this room today? Hallelujah. Gate Church, what does God ask you to do? What is the last instruction that he's given you? Did he ask you to start a business or did he ask you to reconcile a relationship? Did he ask you to forgive a person that offended you? What unconventional thing has God asked you to do that requires your, what? Your swift obedience. My encouragement to you today, church, is to discern the voice of the Lord and to act promptly on his instructions, even if they seem unconventional. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. This brings me to my second point. Elijah, when he was going to the gate, God had just given him a simple instruction, and he said, arise, get up, and go. Elijah went to the gate, and after he followed the Lord's command, he saw a widow there, and she was gathering sticks. 
Now, I don't know about you, but if God tells me to go someplace for somebody to provide for me, I would think that they're in a better condition than I am, right? The fact that the widow was gathering sticks tells us that she didn't have means. That means where she was in her home, she didn't even have a fire to make this cake that she was talking about. And so when Elijah saw that, he had two options. He could have reacted and been like, God, what are you talking about? What is this? This does not look like what you promised. I would at least expect it for you to bring me to a place where the riddle would be rich, rich and have means. But this lady, she looks like she's worse off than me. Elijah viewed the instruction through eyes of faith. He did not react. He responded. What has God asked you to do? What unconventional situation have you pl- have, has God placed you in? And how are you viewing it? From what perspective? So let's look. Here at 1 Kings 17. Let's go to verse 10 on the screens, guys. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was gathering sticks. She was prepared to eat her last meal and starve to death. She was so poor that she had to gather sticks to make a fire and bake her last cake for her and her son. Elijah kept his faith and trust in God's word, even though the circumstance did not match what God said. And I asked God, I said, God, why would Elijah do that? And he said, it's because Elijah had history with me. Elijah had history with me. Elijah knew that I was the God that sustained him at the brook called Cherith, where I commanded ravens to feed him. So in the past, I provided for him from an unlikely source. And because I was able to do it, Elijah said, all right, God, I see what you're doing. This widow, she she doesn't have what I think she's going to have. But I know that the God who was faithful to me in previous seasons, the God of my mother, the God of my father, the God that made a way before, the God who opened the door before, he is not put off by my circumstance. He is not... uh, surprised by my condition, but he in this situation can also make a way. Do I have anybody in this room that believes we serve a God who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ever ask, think, or imagine, and it's according to the power that works on the inside of you. Somebody give him praise in this room today. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Somebody shout, God is able. Shout it again. Say, God is able. Now listen, God will use the most unlikely sources to bless us. I've been in situations where I thought God was going to provide one way and the blessing came from a completely different way. I'm going to submit to you today that his ways are higher, his thoughts are higher. Don't try to figure God out because you won't, you can't. He exists outside of space and time. The old folk would say, he is a wonder in my soul. That means I, I, don't know, I don't know how to explain him or to describe him. All that I know is if God said it, he's going to do it. I may not see the way, but I believe that he is the God who is able and faithful to make a way. To understand this part of the passage, we've got to understand the, 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 the makeup of a raven. Ravens were unclean birds, Right? They were not nurturing at all. In fact, the book of Job tells us that ravens do not even feed their own young. But God used a raven to feed Elijah. And not just feed him, but he brought him meat in the morning and in the evening. Now, to understand that, during this period of time, only kings ate meat twice a day. 
Think about it, y'all. They were in a famine and they were in a drought. God used an unlikely source to bless this man and not just bless him partially but to the full. Oh, my God. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. He used him to bless him not partially but to the full. He's able to do exceeding abundantly. Hallelujah. So don't be surprised when your next blessing comes from an unlikely source. You better answer that text message. You better respond to the email. Don't be, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be surprised when God does it through an unlikely source. God works wonders in our lives, church, to prove just how great he is. He says, I am the Lord and I change not. All morning long, this is how I know that this is what the Lord wanted me to say to the gate church this morning because there is something that I believe in called the echo of God. Prophetically, when something, you hear it in your repetition over and over and over again. And for anybody that's been in church for any considerable amount of time, you understand when God is saying something because there's a common thread that runs through everything in the day. It started this morning in the back with Miss Chandra. She started talking about how God is faithful. This morning, Pastor Joey sang about it, how he's faithful. We went into a time of ministry. And I said, Gate Church, what the Lord has placed in my spirit to deposit today. I don't want you to walk out of here and not receive what God is saying. He's saying that he's about to ex explode in this place, in your life, the blessings of the Lord. This is not just to hype you, but this is to prepare you. God is up to something. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is faithful. He says, I am the alpha and I am the omega. I am the beginning and I am the end. I am he who was and is and is to come. I am in your present circumstances, and I am concerned about who you are. I am concerned about where you are. My word says that I will never leave you, that I will never forsake you, that, lo, I will be with you even until the end of the age. Is there anybody in this room that believes that the faithful God who was able to keep you and to sustain you will be the same God that will carry you and usher you into the next season? Somebody shout in this room and give God praise in this place today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we believe your word. Somebody just begin to give him thanks. We believe your word. We believe every promise that you've spoken over our life. We declare today that it is yes and amen, and we believe that it is so in the name of Jesus. Somebody give him praise. Yes, Lord. Some of you may ask this morning, but Ashley, how do you know? Like, how, do you, how are you so confident that God would come through? It's because I've seen him do it before, y'all. I've seen him do it. Last, last year, last fall, I had an opportunity uh, to, to tour the country uh, and, you know, just do music, lead worship. And I was in a little town in Louisiana called Natchitoches, Louisiana. I'd never heard of it. I'd never been there. And we were in this church, and the bass player that was on tour with us uh, God, the glory of God had filled the room in such an incredible way. We were just, I mean, overcome and overtaken. He had received a text message while we were in service. And he, he said that uh, one of his family members texted him and told him, he said that my wife is in the hospital. She had been diagnosed with stage four cancer. And I just got notification that she lost her sight and that her kidneys or her liver is in failure. So he came up and he said, will you guys just begin to pray for me? I can't be with her, but how many of you know that there was no distance in prayer? So he gathered the elders and the saints in the church and we began to pray. I called him a few days later and he said that 
we got news that my wife, her liver is no longer in failure and that she had received her sight. Her sight came back. I, this is not something that I play about, y'all. I know that God is real. God is real, and he's concerned with the details, the intricate details of your life. We checked on them a few months ago, and there was no cancer found. There was no cancer found. Hallelujah. Somebody give God praise. I don't know what situation that you are facing today. I don't know what has been spoken over your life. I don't know what word or what disappointing situation you may be experiencing, but the word of the Lord has come to remind you today that God is faithful. Not only is he faithful, he is able. Somebody shout, God is able. God is able. God is able. He is consistent, and his power remains constant regardless of our present circumstance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you today. Yes, Lord. Media team, if we can go to 1 Kings 13. I'm on my last and final point. Worship team, y'all can come back. Actually, I told you we weren't going to be long. Yes, Lord. My God. When God has something to do, he does it quickly. It doesn't take a long time. <laughs> he does a swift work. There we go. Swift obedience. All right, guys, let's look at it. First Kings 17, verse 13. This brings me to my final point. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Church, I just want to submit to you today that the word the widow received was insane. It was crazy. She was about to die. And she was being asked to use her last meal for her and her son to feed somebody else. Is that not just like God? Has anybody ever been in a place where he's given you an insane instruction? I was talking to one of our worship team members the other night, and this is how I knew that this is what the Lord wanted to speak uh, today as well again. She said that years ago, uh, they owned a home here in Oklahoma City in Edmond, and uh, they put the house on the market. And it was about, I think, they'd built $70,000 in equity at the home in the time. And, you know, their family was expanding. They were getting ready to move. And uh, the house just wasn't moving. And she was like, this is a perfectly good house. It just, it's not moving. And she said, she prayed. And she said she felt that God was saying to her and her husband that we're supposed to give our house away. My family is expanding. And you're asking me to give my house away? What? She said, months down the line, they prayed about it. They agreed, and they said, you know what? Let's just do what the Lord is asking us to do. They were looking for a place in the meantime, and, you know, things were getting tight. And they were like, what are we going to do at this time? I don't know if we could afford this or uh, whatever. Like, God, how, how would you ask something so, so big, such a big task of us to do in this moment and at this point in time? And she said, when they had finally found a home, they received a call. 
And the lady said, you know what, I'm gonna, I feel the Lord is saying to me that I'm supposed to give you my home. And I'll give you our home to the level of equity that you had in your previous home. But they didn't know the amount. They didn't know the amount. So when she gave the amount, she said, uh, how much are you, you telling us that you'd give us this home for? She said $70,000. And that was the exact amount of equity that they had in the previous home. Church, listen to me today. If you don't get anything else, when God tells you to do it, do it. When God tells you to move, move. When he tells you to speak, you speak. If he tells you to sit, you sit. If he tells you just to wait a while, do it. Run at God's pace. Don't go ahead of what he's desired to do because God has already opened the door and he has already made the way. The Bible declares that he will make ways in the wilderness, that he'll cause rivers to spring forth in the desert in dry places. That means that he will create something out of nothing. Do not worry. Do not be afraid. Do not fear tomorrow. Because if he will care for the lilies of the field and the birds of the air, how much more will he care about you? I pray today that this message has fallen into the fertile ground of the hearts of the listeners all over this place today because I declare to you this morning, Gate Church, that I'm so serious about this. What I sense and feel in my spirit is that God is about to bust this place open at the seams, that he is about to fill this house and your life to a place where you're going to have to, you're not even going to have room enough to receive it, but you've got to trust him in the instruction. If he says to sow it, do it. If he says to give it, do it. Do it and do it quickly. Just like Mary, Jesus was performing a miracle at a wedding, and he gave an incredibly insane instruction. They said, we need wine. He told the disciples, go fill these jars with water. The mother of Jesus, Mary said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And I just sense and feel in this moment that there are people in this place who have come to the end of your rope. You've come to a place where you said, I don't know if God can. I'm here to remind you and reassure you today that he can and he will. Is there anybody in this room that's been struggling with trust, trusting the Lord? Have you been concerned that he may not make the way like he said he would? If that's you today, I don't need you to raise your hand, but I just want you to begin to contemplate in your heart what God is saying to you. If he's telling you today to start the business, do it. If he's telling you today to move from place to place, do it. Don't give up on him. Should I do this? Should I leave my job? Should I start my business? Should I make the move? The promises of God have come to remind you today. Yes and amen. Everything around you might be telling you that it's not the right time. It may not make sense to do, but heaven and earth today, y'all, they're on two different time schedules. God has already established your future in heaven, and he's just waiting on time to catch up. Church, you must have faith that the God who has seen you through previous seasons is the God who is faithful to provide in every season. Your job is not your source, God is. Do not fear, do not be afraid, for the Lord says, Lo, I am with you, even to the end of the age. God has not and will not leave you, nor will he forsake you. In fact, he has gone before you. Somebody just help me begin to worship the Lord. Would you just help me begin to worship the Lord? Hallelujah, the gate is entering into a new season. There is a tension that exists for many of us right now because our current circumstances don't look like what God has said. But I guarantee you today, just take the step. 
take the leap jump out into deep places can we just stand and worship in this moment i feel our worship is needed to just seal this moment of faith today come on gate church you just lift your voice and begin to worship the lord just let them come on just lift your voice and begin to worship the lord he's gonna fulfill every promise to you don't give up on god because he Come on, just begin to lift your voice all over this room and just say, God is able to do just what he said he would do. Somebody shouted in the room. God is able able to do just what he said he would do. He's greater than the problem. He's greater than the diagnosis. He's going to fulfill every promise to you. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. Come on, let's just sing that one more time, church. Let's do it together. today and we thank you for the promises of your word that say everything that you've spoken over us today is yes and amen it's yes and amen I just got one more quick story to share with you before we release today I had a friend and I have a friend he was telling me that God had called him to close his business and move to a completely different region he didn't know how the way would be made but when he got to the city it seemed that the ground was just not fertile, that nothing was happening. He was successful in business, but there were no jobs and no doors opening for him. And he got to a place where he was backed into a corner to where he was like, God, this cannot be you. You didn't ask me to do this. You could not have because the instruction was steep and I don't see the way. He said he got into a worship service at the church where he, uh, at the church in the city where he relocated. And we'd begin to sing of the goodness of God, that all my life, God's been faithful. 
and all my life he's been so good. He said, and something just overcame him in the service to where he was uncontrollable, so much so that the pastor's heart was moving. This is a very large congregation. I think thousands of people were present that day. He said, the pastor called him and he said, all right, like, let's bring this young man to the front because there's something that God is doing here in the spirit. He said he got up on the platform and he was so almost embarrassed to tell him what was even going on. He said, God told me to leave my home, close down my business. He said, and now I'm at a place where I don't even have resources to pay my rent this month. He said, somebody out of the congregation walked down at the prompting of the Lord and sowed a seed. And that one seed, he said, the entire church just began to move. They began to move, began to move. He followed the voice of the Lord. And although he did not see the provision at the beginning, because of his obedience, he walked out of that service on that Sunday morning with over $16,000. church, I just want to reiterate this into your hearing today. It's not about the money. That's not what I'm saying. It's not about what you can get. It's about what you can give. When you moved in swift obedience to the Lord, he already made the way. He already opened the door. And so I just want to encourage your faith this morning that as we leave this place, that we'll go into our week, that we will be sensitive and that we will be in tune with what God is saying to us because his faithfulness, it is everything that we could ever need. All that we have needed, God's hands have provided. So walk into this week knowing that God is always working for you. He is always working for your good. If there's anybody in this room today, if you don't know the Lord, or if it's been a long time and you feel like you're far away from him, I just want to let you know that he's not far away from you. That he wants to be involved in the intricate details of your life. And if you said, Ashley, I just want to renew my commitment today. Or if I don't know the Lord and I want to come to him for, for the first time, I want to know this Jesus that you guys sing about, that you preach about. Would you just, every head bowed and every eye closed, closed right now. Will you just slip your hand up so that we can pray for you today? I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. If you would repeat after me, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that you have died for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the dead. In this moment, I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. And I say, come, Lord Jesus, take full control. And from this day forward, from this day forward I, make the commitment I make the commitment to live with you, to, live with you, to walk with you, to, walk with you, to have faith in you, to have, faith to have confidence in you, to have confidence in you, and to believe in your word. To believe in your word. Would you just give him a hand today? Amen. Hallelujah.